Welcome to Living Water Radio. Our power went out the other day. It was out just briefly, but it meant that clocks and timers needed to be reset. The power of the Holy Spirit never fails us, but it does lead us to know that we need a reset. Today, we're going to find out how. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I heard a Ukrainian soldier being interviewed the other day on TV. He said that morale is high among the Ukrainian forces because they know what they are fighting for. Morale is low among Russian forces, however, because they don't know what they are fighting for. The importance of morale in life, as in warfare, cannot be underestimated. That's why, as it's been said, the first casualty of war is the truth. Sowing seeds of doubt, the big lie, and disinformation are staples in all kinds of struggle. They are designed to undermine an opponent's will to resist. They are at the center of the temptation of Jesus by the devil in the wilderness at the beginning of his public ministry, the gospel text for the first Sunday in Lent. The text this year is from Luke, in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. We'll begin with the first two verses. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. Where was Jesus returning from? His baptism. He had been baptized by John in the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit had descended upon him. It had filled him and then led Jesus in the wilderness. Matthew describes what is happening from a slightly different angle in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Either way, whether Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness or led in the Spirit in the wilderness, Jesus does not find himself in the wilderness because of the devil. He's there in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. God is in control. The devil begins with psychological warfare, sowing the seeds of doubt, continuing in verse 3. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. The devil tries to promote uncertainty, sowing seeds of doubt, if you are the Son of God. And he tries to tempt Jesus at a point of physical weakness. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days, just like Moses and Elijah did, representatives of the Law and the Prophets last week in the Sunday of the Transfiguration Gospel lesson. And he was famished. I once fasted for three days, and by the second day, I was dreaming about food. Food would have been a huge temptation. Any physical need is a huge temptation. We are sometimes tempted when we have messed up and the devil says, What a hypocrite! 
You aren't a Christian. Why pretend? That's not the word of God. That's the word of the devil. That's the word of the forces that defy God. The word of God says, I died for you. I overcame temptation, sin, death, and the power of the devil for you. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, quotes scripture, Deuteronomy 8.3. We continue with the devil's big lie, starting in verse 5. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil promises to give what does not belong to him. The devil is lying. The kingdoms of the world are Jesus for the asking. Jesus responds with another quote from Scripture, Deuteronomy 6.13. The devil is tired of being shut down with Scripture, so he quotes some himself to use plausible disinformation, continuing with verse 9. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil's words sound plausible, and he is quoting scripture from Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. But he is quoting it to serve his own purpose and not the purpose of God. Jesus responds by quoting Deuteronomy 6.16. I think of this section when people say that they are not wearing masks or getting vaccinated or washing their hands or anything else because they trust in God to protect them. It seems to me that they are putting God to the test. I believe that God does act in our best interests, but in what form and by what means are not always clear to us. God is God, and we're not. We cannot use God for our purposes. I'm reminded of the guy who was sitting in his home one day when a Red Cross worker pounded on his door yelling, The dam is broken. Get out. Get out now. We'll help you. He replied, Oh, thank you very much, but I'm a Christian. I know that God will take care of me. I'll be fine. And the Red Cross worker finally left and went on to the next house. The waters came and flooded the first floor of his house so that he had to move up to the second floor. A guy in a rowboat came by and said, Hop in, buddy, I'll get you out of here. Oh, thank you, the man said, but I'm a Christian. I know that God won't let anything harm me. The man in the rowboat finally went on to other houses. The waters continued to rise and the man had to crawl onto his roof. A helicopter flew over, and the crew spotted the man on his roof. They dropped a rope ladder and shouted, Climb up, and we'll get you out of here. The waters are rising. This is your last chance. Thanks for coming, but I'll be fine. My faith is strong. I know God will take care of me, the man shouted. The water kept rising, and pretty soon it rose over the house and over the man, and he drowned. When he arrived at the gates of heaven, dripping wet, He immediately demanded to be taken to the throne of grace. That's kind of an unusual request, but okay, St. Peter said. The man stomped through the throne room into God's presence and whined, You promised me. You said that you'd always be with me no matter what. 
What happened? What do you mean, God said. I sent you a Red Cross worker, a rowboat, and a helicopter. The passage concludes with verse 13. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Notice that the passage doesn't end with a surrender. The devil just goes away until an opportune time. The devil will be looking for an opportunity, an opening, a way to defeat us. Nothing can take us away from God, but the forces that defy God, plus the world and our sinful selves, can deceive us to tempt us to go away from God. And if we do, if we yield to temptation, God calls us back. We can be tempted, but the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus fills us and strengthens us to resist temptation. I heard a woman say once, I know God promised never to give me any more than I can handle. I just wish God didn't think so highly of me. Oscar Wilde once said, I can resist anything except temptation. The good news about the temptation of Jesus is that Jesus has overcome it everywhere for us, even when we have not. The victory over failure has already been won by Jesus on the cross, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit here and now. The Holy Spirit guides us to be better people in response to what God has done for us. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, once said, You cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Lent is a time for reflection on that, for turning away from those things in our lives that grieve God, and for living in the power of the Holy Spirit, which wells up from within us and opens our hearts and minds to the presence and power of God in the Bible, in ourselves, and everywhere around us, empowering us to be the people of God, especially in the wilderness. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadol and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, Go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variance and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. 
If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <music>